0: Hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy. And you know it. If this is Monday, this must be the fix. I am in studio today with my partner in arms, my sidekick, JJ Juan Jimenez, a podcast hip-hop engineer extraordinaire, and I am excited. I hope you can tell. I'm bringing some energy today, and so much of the reason why I bring the energy, I mean, I bring it in normal courses of life, but I think sometimes when we do something we really love, we're really passionate about something that we can share, life transformational ideas and thoughts and things that have helped us uh, just sort of catapult in life to not only achieve, but to exceed where we ever thought we would be. I was talking to a young lady, uh, and and in our course of our conversation, she has told me she's been on a path of recovery for five years, which is so unbelievable. And as I was expressing uh, my gratitude for what she had been given and how she has now this message to share, this energy, this hope, this transformational uh, thing that has occurred to her. I asked her, I said, was there any point you believe you should have died from the things that you were doing? And without hesitation, she said, of course. And I said, check it out. Do you realize that you have cheated death for 5 years now. And she stood back her eyes got wide and she said, "Whoa. I never I never thought of it that way." But that's true. You know, when when my sponsor Jack passed away earlier this year, God rest his soul, a giant of a man in the field of wellness. And and as I sat at his hospital bed and was had a great opportunity to spend some time with him uh, before he went home uh, to be with God uh, and get out of that cancer-ridden body. I asked him and we were sharing about things and I said, tell me about your story again, Jack. Uh, what motivated you? Where were you at? And he told me again his story of, of walking out of the Nevada State Penitentiary and, uh, and how he decided he was never going to go back. And the only way for him not to go back was to make life choice changes where his behavior would be modified in the things he was doing, where he was going, uh, what he had in line for himself. And and he said, you know, uh, I've cheated death. He said, I have 44 years of living beyond my expectation. And I was just so amazed that he would view it that way. So no matter where you're coming from, if you feel who you were before you got to this place where you decided to become well, if you believe that, What you were doing, where you were at, who you were becoming had the potential to kill you, and you're alive today, you are exceeding your expected lifetime. Isn't that crazy? Doesn't that allow us to have such a deeper sense of gratitude of what we've been given just for this day? it blows my mind and it takes me to the depths of gratitude where I just want to stand on a mountaintop and shout to you and tell you how grateful I am. You know, when my dear friend and now sponsor Slow Will talks about, you know, he says, my name is Slow Will. I'm a happy, grateful, recovered alcoholic and he knows what it means to get well. And I hope you do as well. You know, I know a lot of times with my personal background, some might think that this podcast is just for alcoholics or drug addicts, right? Or compulsive overeaters or or compulsive gamblers, anyone that really had that type of behavioral addiction. But you know what? Once you get past that behavior, that substance, in the case of alcohol and drugs, everything else is is a design for living, right? So the principles that we talk about on Recovery Guy podcast, they are designed for living. And who doesn't need to learn how to live just a little bit better? So we are so glad that you joined us today. You know, I was talking to JJ before we started recording today and about how grateful we are, and and we're up to, as of today, 947 listeners, and you are blowing our mind with your response, and we were trying to break it down and seeing what podcast channels we were on. But it's just so amazing, your response to us. So thank you so much. And no matter what podcast channel you're listening on, Keep listening, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend, right? Go to recoveryguide.org, drop down some of my videos. I've got 32 video segments. Everything is free. I want you to use it to help expand your vision to become that person you always wanted to become And then when you get there, become more, right? My middle name is more. I want you to become more. Remember, good is the enemy of best. As I I mentioned in last Thursday's podcast, to become the best version of you, or as Liza Rousey would say, or Cozy, excuse me, would say, become the person you should have been, right? That's what we want to be. We want to exceed the expectation to achieve more. I came across this cool podcast as I mentioned before. You guys know I'm a real big fan of uh, of Sean Sexton. And with the quote of the day, today's podcast was by a gentleman by the name of Ed Foreman, and the podcast was entitled "Tell Me How You See Yourself," and I will tell you how. You will be a year from now. Kind of cool topic. Listen to it. Quote of the day. Sean brings on some highly intellectual and relatable people. You won't want to miss that podcast. Now, let's get to the core today, right? Let's get down and let's start chatting about what is on my mind. You know, so often people say, I want to go here and I want to go there I want to make this change and I want to make that change. I want to break away from the old me. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just don't want to have this bondage anymore. But I don't know how to do it, right? If we knew how, would we do it? I would hope so because if you didn't want to do it, why would you want to know how, right? and and so often you know there needs to be a simplicity with what we're doing because we're coming out of something very difficult even making the decision that we're not going to be sick and tired anymore that we're going to break free that we're going to begin working on the different aspects of our life that are hindering us from becoming the person we should have been right or the best version of me. So how do we do it? Let's talk about it. So as you know, I'm a big dictionary and Webster guy, terminologies. So how, the word how, it listed first as an adverb, right? And it says how, in what manner or way? That is the definition of how. In what manner or Or way. So when we look at wellness and I say, how did we do it? In what manner or way are we going to accomplish this? So I'm going to break this down for you and maybe give you an example or two along the way. If you're able to sit and take notes, that's great. A lot of times what I'll do is as I'm driving down the road and I'm listening to a particular podcast that I was listening to the other day with um, uh, with the On Purpose podcast and Mark Randolph was on there, the uh, co-founder of um, Netflix, and I actually had my notes open and my speaker ready. And as, uh, as Mark was dropping some incredible uh, concepts and truths and things that I could really... Um, absorb and translate for me and then push out as part of who I am. You know how we do that? I was just hitting my record button so I could take some verbal notes of what was going on. So maybe that's how you do it. Maybe you like to sit and write if you're listening, or maybe you're like me who does a little bit of it all, but I also go back and I listen again because remember, repetition is the mother of learning. So let's get with the show today, the how of recovery. The how of wellness, the how of becoming the person I wanted always to become. Now, this is an approach, um, and this particular approach is used by so many self help groups along the way and worldwide. We've all sort of adopted this because it just makes so much sense. And when I was uh, early in my treatment uh, career, I just graduated from college and I was actually, actually prior to graduating from college, I was doing an, insure, an internship at this place up in Victorville, California. And it was called the Howe House and was run by St. John of God Healthcare Services. And I was an intake coordinator. But Howe House was honesty, open-minded, and willingness. I loved the idea of working for this place and obviously in, uh, in in recovery, particularly AA and the other 12-step groups that adopt so much, uh, how has been sort of symbolic. Uh, and I love it because it's so simple. There's nothing complicated about how. So let's talk about it. Obviously, how is honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to change? They are not only important but they're really necessary requirements to maintain the level of power needed to recover from whatever you're looking to recover from. This is so universal. As so many of you know, I, I went to the rooms of Gamblers Anonymous first because you know I wanted to do anything but attack my drinking, right? Uh, God forbid that something would happen to my using um, it would it would take away all of my all of my pain medication, right? Because life was so painful. So I went to Gamblers Anonymous, and then I went to Alcoholics Anonymous after I had gone into treatment, uh, and and even from my compulsive overeating and bulimia, and my um, my addiction to pornography and anger and resentment and all those things. I've actually applied all of these honesty, open mindedness, and willingness ingredients because it was required for me to maintain the level of power needed to recover from those things. We recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, right? And so I've learned over the years, not only to recover, but to stay in recovery for I have recovered, but I stay recovered by staying in recovery. Because again, this is about the journey This is not about a destination. So honesty, here's how simple honesty is. Honesty is staying aware to the truth of the matter. Staying aware to the truth of the matter. And I'm talking about objective honesty. Honesty that I would get from someone looking from the outside in in. That is the kind of honesty I want. The challenge sometimes with subjective honesty is I may not want to tell me the truth because once I admit it's truth, then I'm actually obligated to change. And if I'm not serious about changing, then why would I want to be honest that something needed to be changed in me? You feel me? Does that make sense to you? I hope that it does to accept, admit, and respond to the truth of what is going on. Again, self-honesty is about being honest with you in that objective and rational way. It's it's being with your true self. You know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and the lights are out, and nobody else is there. That's what I'm talking about. When everything is stripped away and being honest and truthful can't harm you. I used to face some of my most truth when I had come through with remorse. You know what I'm talking about? We engage in a particular behavior, either relationships we shouldn't be in or substances that we're using or behavior activity. We just lost a paycheck or we just ate too much again or we just threw up again and and we're feeling that remorse. We get angry over things that we shouldn't be angry about because they don't change anything in life. But we get angry, and 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 all of a sudden we feel bad. We think I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I shouldn't have taken that. Uh, I shouldn't have responded that way. That little level of remorse, and and we need to be come to terms with that, right? We need to put everything aside in order to get to that point. We need to see a clearer picture of the current real me. Not who I was, not who I think I want to be, but who am I here and now in this moment? Because just as as Mr. Foreman said, You know, how I see myself now is how I'm going to be moving forward. So self-honesty is is what I call self-acknowledgement. It's a self-realization. It's a self-understanding. It's when a person accepts and confirms to themselves the true nature of their condition. I love that. This type of self-honesty, again, is when a person accepts and confirms by evidence, right, to themselves the true nature of their condition. Because until I admit who I am, what I've become, what my condition is, to the core of who I am, the, the likelihood of me changing is not going to occur. I will often pay lip service to it, but to truly change uh, not going to happen on this shift because I'll feel bad for a minute. I might get a little physical or emotional or, or mental uh, sobriety or release. But the minute I start feeling good again, I'm off to the races one more time. It is the true nature of my condition. That's why in all forms of recovery, understanding what we have become, you know, in twelve steps, it's it's uh, it's about admitting that we were powerless over a particular addiction or behavior, and that my life had become unmanageable. As my friend Pete the Greek said, "It's the one step we need to do to perfection." Right. So I need to accept and confirm where I'm at. And I guarantee you, it will be necessary for me to do the work and to be diligent about what lies ahead. Now we come to open-mindedness. Open-mindedness is allowing myself to be receptive to new ideas. You know, in the past, people couldn't tell me anything because I always felt that they were attacking even people who cared about me greatly, whether it was my mom and dad, one of my wives, any of my close friends, certainly my brothers or sisters, you know, I was not receptive to them saying, you know what, I think you have a problem. Or once I, once I move into that and I say, okay, I'm honest about it. I need to change. I think I will be changed. Am I rejecting ideas that could be helping me or am I receptive to new ideas and trusting? It's, it's having an element or even an attitude of inquiry, wanting to find out. I want to find out so much. I'm willing to listen to, to evaluate. What part of this might be true so I can see if this is going to work for me in my life? So being open-minded is not the same as being broad-minded. But as, as Bill Wilson says in the big book, contempt prior to investigation is a bar against all information and will lead to everlasting ignorance. That's pretty heavy stuff. So I need to be open-minded so I don't have contempt or a distrust or a dislike or I'm not setting aside information before I understand what it is. So being open-minded, again, is not the same as being broad-minded. Broad-minded is being open-minded only to the things accepted by me. That's subjective. Subjective thinking can be very dangerous, especially early on in recovery. Open-minded is having a mind receptive to new ideas, once again, an aptitude of inquiry. I developed the taste for things that I did not know, especially from literature and books and materials that people who had been changing recommended that I adopt. Now, understand, this can't be done 100%, but we can work towards full inquiry. Whereas today, I'm really open-minded. Now, there are some things that are so objectionable or ideas that I've heard before that, that they're just a little twist on the same old thing and I might reject them. But more often than not, I still look at it because I want to see if there's a different element about it that I might take from it. So I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I sort of examine it to the best of my ability and see if there's a piece of that that I can learn from. Again, contempt prior to investigation. I don't want to be that guy. Open-mindedness is allowing other than self to infiltrate the person you are. I am a composite of everyone who has instructed me in my life. I'm a little bit of slow will. I'm a little bit of Jack. Actually, I'm a lot of Jack. Jack was my sponsor for over 30 years. Almost everything I ever learned about service, I learned from Jack. Slow will the same way. Big service-minded person. Then there's people like Buddy and 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 Fast Eddie and Steve and Scott, right? These are these are all people in my life who have been so instrumental in helping me adopt new things. They infiltrated who I am. Certainly my wife Laura, being with her for 31 years now, she's infiltrated me. I've, I've adopted different concepts from different preachers, different speakers. If you listen to me a lot, you know I'm a big Stephen Covey guy, big Zig Ziglar guy, Napoleon Hill. There's so many people out there that have infiltrated me and I've been open-minded to their ideas. Open your mind to other than just yourself. It gets pretty lonely in my head if my own thoughts are just my thoughts. It is necessary. I want to include myself into the whole picture or, or scheme of things. Being open-minded allows me to become more aware of what I need to do. Again, being open-minded allows me to be more aware of what I need to do. It uncovers when I when I adopt one new idea and I put it into my life. It opens up another avenue. It allows me to see a little bit further of something else that I might want to adopt or take it to a different sense or what have you. It allows me to look for more options, choices, and resources. Open-mindedness plus self-honesty. Produces an element of self-inquiry. Isn't that heavy? I actually took that line from a psychology professor. Self-honesty produces an element of self-inquiry. And that was from Donald Nessman, brilliant psychology professor that I had in college. And I wanted to produce an element of self-inquiry because I want to dig deeper I want to know what I need. I want to know what's working for me with that open-minded approach because, again, good is the enemy at best. I want to become the best possible version of me today in hopes of being a better version tomorrow. It helps me become more aware of myself as a person in recovery, not just a person recovered, but a person of recovery or in recovery a person who engages in self-help techniques. All the while, I'm relying on the relationship with God as I understand God, that higher power, that element, that power, that faith that does for me what I can't do for myself. And I actually go into a realm of the spiritual nature because so much of what I get on an open-minded standpoint is divine and that powerful element encourages my mind, my emotion and my body. So now we we, we come to willingness we we've, we've covered honesty, open-mindedness and the W is willingness. Now willingness is being ready to voluntarily change, to give it a go. Now, here's why that's important. When we come to recovery again, no matter where we are coming from, no matter what our challenge, what our trigger is that says we need to get better, we need to make changes, we, we all come with the sense of what I call coercion. There is something, some pressure, for the most part, that tells us we need to do this, so I need to voluntarily, at some point, change. In the beginning, it might be the employer, the spouse, the significant other, the family member. Uh, you know, the court system. It could be a number of different things or a combination of them that gets me to that point that says, "You better change." Somewhere in there, for this to really be effective. I need to voluntarily say, yes, I am going to do this, and I'm going to give it a go. It's being ready to take a healthy risk. And it is a risk because we are so locked into the previous behavior, it becomes a way of living for us. But we need to take a healthy risk to experiment with the change. And only from experiment, not from the fact of whether or not I am going to do it, but you know these things are new to us, so I need to experiment with the change. I need to try different things on to see what is going to work. It is being willing to change your focus from wanting to not change to a needing to change. You know, so much of, of the want. And I know that, you know, the program of recovery is not for someone who needs it. It's someone who wants it. I understand that. Don't get it twisted. But wanting is usually a mental exercise. I want this or I want that. To need to change, for me, it's on the core level. It's what Covey would call an inside-out approach to change and quality. It's part of the quality movement to really need it to the core of who I am because what we're talking about for so many of us, because we we dig so deep in the hole that we're hiding in, some would call it the hole of no hope, that we we need to feel it at the deepest sense for this change to take place, for me to really be willing to do what I have found in my honesty and my open-mindedness to accept ideas, and then, of course, willingness to apply them. The willingness to change simply means to become more aware of who I am as a person in recovery and as a person who needs to change from the old to the new ways of dealing with life's circumstances. To be willing allows me to become more open-minded and honest with myself. Willingness and self-honesty play an equal part in becoming open-minded enough to receive the truth of the matter. Your true self in the entire scheme of things— and when I can implement all of these three aspects, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, it really touches on all four dimensions. There's elements of physicality because some of the changes that I need to make are in the areas of health by not doing a particular substance or putting food or other types of things into my body or or, or getting rest, right, for my physicality, my physical health. I'm not sleeping. I'm not resting. Uh, I have anxiety as a result of that. It affects me mentally because I'm pushing out old ideas by introducing new ideas on that open-minded side. It's helping me emotionally because now I'm not holding on to things that were killing me. I'm now embracing things on an emotional level and even relationships are getting better as I'm moving forward. And of course, the spiritual dynamic to this is untold. You know, it doesn't really matter to me what your power greater than you is, but we all need to incorporate a power. God as we understand God. Again, Me as a born again Christian, it's very defined for me. It might not be for you, but that doesn't mean that power, that core set of belief won't work for you because God will do for us, as it says in the big book, God will do for us what we could not do for ourselves in the area of honesty, open mindedness, and willingness. This has worked for countless people, and I promise you, that if you approach this with truly being honest, being as open-minded as you possibly can be, given your circumstances, and being willing, your life will begin to change. And as your life changes, your honesty will become more real. Your open-mindedness will invite new ideas and your willingness will increase because of what has previously happened as you have become willing to make these changes. Recovery is the most incredible place to be. It's why I am the Recovery Guy and why week in and week out, we bring you the fix because who doesn't like a good fix? My name is Robert. I'm the Recovery Guy Please join us at recoveryguide.org. Listen to the podcast, become a part of this movement, and let's get well together. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. I was trying to do everything.